I started playing when I was five. I wouldn't say I was anything special. I was training with them for like a few months. They presented the opportunity early on. I was still in high school at that point. Not everybody like in the academy setup gets to play in the first team, let alone even sign that pro contract. Bro, that U17 team, there's probably... Just in the U17? If I were to give like advice for kids who are looking to go professional, Obviously, I think. When Thomas loses a game, is he different? I think I take it pretty hard. You could technically say like you're in a league where, you know, Messi plays. When I first saw Messi, I didn't even believe it. I thought it was just like a rumor. Like, Have there been any like major ups and downs that you could like recognize or point out to? I think after that, it, I took a little hit to my confidence, I think, and I... Do you ever feel like you have imposter syndrome? Yeah, that, that happens all the time. I think I think I'm a little bit too hard on myself. I'll get down like am I even good enough to play MLS? All these negative thoughts all like enter my head. What would you like to see that you've accomplished? At twenty-four, hopefully I'll be playing European football somewhere, playing in like a top league over. Just give me one minute of your time before we get onto the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. We hope the words of Thomas and 10 other guests that we're in talks with in the world of basketball, football, soccer, boxing will inspire you to get after it. If you didn't know, we went under the name Touchline TV before we became the Behind the Eye podcast. So to those who stuck with us from a soccer slash media football page that amassed over 13,000 followers across all platforms to something way more meaningful, in my opinion, I really appreciate you. And we just want to say thank you. We are currently talking to sponsors and investors to be able to bring you in-person podcasts in the future from whoever you want us to cover. But for that to be possible, we ask that you help us do two simple things. Clicking that follow and subscribe button as well as clicking the like or download button button depending on which platform you're on goes a long way towards helping us produce high quality content as well as bringing you the guests that you want to see thank you all for your support and now let's get back to talking with thomas williams today we're here with a very special guest not only because he's orlando city's youngest ever first team player signing at the age of 16 getting called up to the u17 u19 u20 u.s national team part of orlando city u.s open cup run their first ever trophy since the usl championship they won in 2013 but also because he's the first guest on the Behind the Eye podcast. Thomas Williams, it's a pleasure to have you. Good to be here, bro. Thanks. So, I mean, Thomas, take me back to who or what lit the spark for you to say that this is possible. You know, there's not many people that could make it professionally. You know, I heard there's a statistic that's like one in 5,000 people, and that's just in America alone, let alone overseas and everything. So what really lit the spark? What was the time where you figured out, like, this is possible and you could fully achieve this goal? Yeah, bro. So I think I was 15. That's when I started taking it a little bit more serious. And I was like, oh, wow, I really have a chance to go professional, you know. And I was playing with the Orlando City U17 Academy. And I was just training well. And I got the opportunity to train up with the first team. And I, I guess I kind of did my thing there. And I, I was given the opportunity to, to go to preseason with them. And they kind of just started going well for me from there were you like one of the how many people were like in your setup would you say because obviously not, not, not everybody like in the academy setup gets to play in the first team let alone even sign that pro contract so how many people yeah, were in that setup bro on that team that u17 team there's probably like 23 22 kids and then just in the whole academy there's probably like 200 kids i would say mm -hmm. So, 200? yeah, it's it's a very slim just, number. Just in, the U, just in the U17? Just in general. No, no, no. In, like, U17, 19s, 
and then like 15s and 14s. Like we had like four age groups at that. Oh, okay. 22 kids in that U17 age group. Do you know like we're, uh, I wouldn't say like, obviously like every single one of them, but like, are those kids like also like still trying to like, you know, whether they're like training still with Orlando City or whether they're like moved to like a USL team or like training with? No. Yeah, no, most of the kids from that team have either signed like Alex Freeman or Fabian Loyola or the other ones have gone D1. So everybody's still playing soccer, I think, for the most part. What are your thoughts on that? Because you're not like the traditional, you know, U.S. uh, professional. You know, a lot of people like go up from the D1 Mm -hmm. and then uh, some people like, you know, uh, go abroad and like try their trade up there uh, with like the visa situation. I know that's complicated. Some people you know, try and find a club as soon as they, like, you know, go to trials, you know, pay and say, just go to location, not even with the guarantee of a trial, let alone, like, a contract. So, you know, how do you how do you feel about just, like, you know, the opportunity that you've gotten in terms of, you know, just, like, how rare it is, like, and, and probably, like, just the D1 setup in general, just, like, the NCAA. Yeah, yeah bro, it's, it's really a blessing. Like, not a lot of kids get this opportunity, and I think if I were to give, like, advice for kids who are looking to go professional you know obviously i think you want to go professional but you have to do what's best for you you know so like you may not go professional straight out of the academy but maybe it's good to go to college first for a few Mm -hmm. years and then look to sign pro so i think you just have to do what's in your best interest Mm -hmm. yeah i i see that a lot a lot of kids get discouraged about like seeing kids like you know like you like signing first professional contract at 16 seeing people abroad like uh off the top of my head like Lamine Yamal 15 years old people get discouraged yeah. and they're like oh I'm older than this guy like yeah. it's too late for me so like well in terms of like going forward if you're like an 18 19 year old what would you or even 20 like what would you tell somebody in that age range who's like not maybe not even had like a sniff or a chance of that prof- like professional contract yeah. to even like you know where would where would like the first step even go for those type of people like what do you have to get locked down in terms of like where to where do you have to like set yourself up in terms of to take the best next step i would say and it's different for everybody honestly i don't know if i could say to do this take this particular path like one way or another but for me if i were 18 and i was still looking to go pro i would probably go and try and find a good d1 school to go to obviously considering the fact that like i have the grades or and stuff like that and then just look to play well at that D1 school and then try and get drafted or signed after that. Mm. But like I said, everybody has a different path. So I, I feel like it's not up to me to say you should do this or that. Mm. You said you started at like, well, you, I know you didn't start at 15, but like you said, like it was possible at 15. How was the years before then leading up to like, how did you treat football? Bro, honestly, I was still like serious about it. Like I was looking to like, oh, hope I can play enough to play at a good D1 school mm-hmm. or something like that. Like I was still like taking it serious, but I wasn't even, the thought of like going pro didn't even cross my mind to be honest. Like maybe in the back of my head, but at that point I was kind of set on just getting to a D1 school. Is there anybody you looked up to at that time? Or any like, not even just like, you know, people we see on TV, but like any role models, any coaches that you know really you know put that self-belief in yourself that you could achieve that goal well i think my biggest role model or at that time was my dad he um the year before that when i was 14 actually it honestly wasn't the best for me i had like pulled my hamstring early in the season 
and I wasn't getting playing time and stuff like that. So that summer after that year, um, I just worked a lot with him and he just told me to keep working, keep pushing. And I was fortunate enough to go back into the season playing well. And that's when I got that opportunity to go and train with the first team. Mm. So what do you what do you do with those like type of setbacks? You know, you're pulling your hamstring, like I know that's mm. like a serious injury. Like I've I've torn my ACL before and oh, any, wow, yeah. any type of injuries like are are not fun at all. And I don't know, like where where does your head go into I know it wasn't really like a I know it'd probably be a different scenario in terms of, you know, youth a youth like injury compared to if you were to, you know, cross fingers like knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But like if you were to get injured now, like how do you like what is your mind where does your mind go in terms of like when you're injured and you're seeing like the people around you like playing and yeah. developing and you just kind of have to like be at a standstill where you can't really do anything at the moment, you know? Yeah, obviously it's it's really discouraging to for that to happen to you. But I think the best thing to do is just uh, realize that everything happens for a reason. So it, it might happen to you. And I think you just have to stay focused that, you know, I'm a good player. Like this is just a minor setback for a major comeback and just keep mm -hmm. working. And then use that time while you're injured to uh, better another part of your game, like stay mm -hmm. in the gym and lift or something like that or, or like watch film or something like that. Yeah. Speaking of uh, setbacks, you know, when, when Thomas loses a game, like, is, is he different? Yeah, I think I take it pretty hard with the losses, especially as a center back, you know, you're trying to prevent the other team from scoring. So, like, the best game for you is just to keep a zero. And I think games when I lose, I try to reflect on it, but I try not to, like, linger on it too long and just – uh maybe stay on it for a few days and let it hurt a little bit. So I don't want to have that feeling again and then just go again the next day in training. Hmm. You see that a lot of with people like, you know, an injury, a setback and like their main goal is like just football, like, or whatever sport they're doing. Like I, like I box and I know a lot of people who just like they get injured or they get hurt or they can't, they get a concussion. And then like their whole life, just like, you know, they just go into this like deep, dark depression because there's a mm -hmm. one thing they're like fully focused on. How important would you say it would be to like have other hobbies in your life? Or if you believe that, you know, that mentality that you see on, you know, whether it be social media, whether it be online, whether it be coaches telling you that like, oh, like this is, you know, you got to live, breathe and like eat the sport. You know, how important do you think it is to have like other things like you look forward to like in your outside life apart from like, you know, your football? Or your sport? No, no, I I actually agree with what some of the coaches are saying. You do have to be obsessed with the sport, but there's also a line like you want to spend time with your family and friends and stuff like that. So I think you want to have a good balance, but you also have to be obsessed if you mm -hmm. want to make it far. Like you have to stay after, do extra work on the field, stay in the gym. You have to do all those things if you want to be successful. I think. Were you always staying after in terms of like trainings and practices? Were you always looking to do extra sessions? Were you always uh, like what? What would you what would you th what would you say like differentiated you from other people? Because obviously, like you said, your your situation, you know, uh, thank God, like it's a it's a blessing to even get a pro contract, let alone at sixteen. So, you know, what would you say you like? I wouldn't say like differentiate. Like what would differentiate yourself? But like, what truly do you think? Because like in those scenarios, like in the professional world, it's like that little one percent that really like tips you over the edge. So what would you say is like one of the biggest things that kind of got you there in terms of your you training? No, I think I did 
do extra and things like that. But I also think it was a little bit of being in the right place at the right time and getting that one opportunity and kind of taking it and running with it. Because obviously there's there's kids who are probably just as good as me, but they don't get that opportunity. And I think if when you do get that opportunity, you just have to be ready and kind of take it and run with it. And I think that's what I did. And I was like blessed enough to come so far with it. How did you balance like the whole like school and work or school or like not school and work, but like schoolwork and football? Like how did you balance both of those? I think from when I was young, my parents always like instilled in me like school comes before soccer. And like now that soccer is my profession, I just am still in the habit of making sure I stay on top of my school a little bit. So I think it's just that habit I formed from like such a young age. You're still in school? Yeah, I do online classes through UCF just to kind of stay oh, on top okay. of my school a little bit. Yeah. Got it. What do you, is you majoring in anything specific or? Yeah, I'm majoring in psychology, actually. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure what path I want to like branch off into, but that's what I'm on right now. Is your main like goal, I mean, I know you're professional, but like, is that like, what would you say that whole studying is, you know, how would, you, how would that like better you in terms of like, career because i feel like psychology is like really good in terms of like knowing no what, uh, like because mentality is like a big part of you know the game you know if you're not there mentally you know eventually you'll, you'll come crashing down mm -hmm. so how important would you say that's that is in terms of you know your game no like you said the mental side is huge so i've tried and use some of the things i learned in psychology like keeping a, a level head not to let yourself go too down after losses or get too like high-minded after a win and just try and stay in the middle i think but no the mental side is a huge part of the game mm. because like i know like a lot of people who like i used to play soccer and i know people who've like or like on like i said like people looking for pro trials searching mm -hmm. for like that pro contract you know flying from country to country for like a trial to potentially get signed you know do you know anybody who is currently on this journey like in terms of like in your network and if so like how like any tips into breaking into like, let's say you're abroad or let's say you're, you know, you're reaching out to people what would be the best way to like equip yourself to, you know, fully like, like give yourself the best shot in terms of, you know, uh, potentially like getting called up by, by a coach to see if not even like for pro like pro contract or like just, just for like a, just like a trial if anything. Mm -hmm. I would say try to have film on yourself, try and have videos of you, making plays and stuff like that and just try and get your name out there for coaches to see you and i would also say to have like a reference have a coach that you've had in the past that like really believes in you so if other coaches ask about you they'll be like yeah this kid is really good he's not only a good player but like good to have on the team and stuff like that and i honestly don't know anybody that's on that journey right now but that was the advice i would give if you are on that particular path how would you say you've changed in terms of when you were 16 and you signed that contract? Actually, you know what? Take me back to that that first day. That first day you signed and everything was like unveiled, like your family was there. Mm -hmm. Like how what, what was going through your head? What was like the emotions? Like were you because I know a lot of people there who do, like they obviously like it's 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 amazing to get signed, but they're always like a lot of professional from what I've heard, a lot of them are always like looking for that next step. Like they they could rarely like ever celebrate the present because they're always looking to see like what's next you know bro i honestly wasn't thinking about anything i was just excited to to mm -hmm. sign and uh 
just make history. And I was just focused on that moment. I wasn't really thinking about my next contract or, or something like that, or like even playing first team minutes. I was just excited to sign and just looking forward to playing with the first team. Did you have like that feeling that it was going to come or was it just like an opportunity that got presented to you? Like how long were you training with that, with the first team before like it, uh, the opportunity presented itself to you? Yeah, I was training with them for like a few months and they presented the opportunity early on, but my family thought I should wait a little bit and just keep developing because I was honestly 15 at the time when I got offered, but my parents felt like I should wait and just develop a little bit. So it, I was training them for at least a year before I signed. So I felt like, like I was, I was ready at that moment in 16 and my parents thought I was ready. So yeah. What do you mean you were, uh, what do you think they meant by like, oh, you, you should still be developing before, you know, you're ready because yeah, well, yeah, just I was, I was 15 at the time. So I was really young and all these guys are like in their mid twenties, early thirties and stuff like they're, they're in their prime age for playing soccer. And they just wanted me to get uh, more development years. Like I was still in high school at that point, like my, my junior year, sophomore year. So they just wanted me to to develop just a little bit more, I think. Were you called up to the youth national team for the U17 before that happened or while you're, you're training it or kind, was it? Kind of while that was happening, honestly, yeah. So it was in February when I got called into the U17s. And yeah, it was kind of in that time where I was training with the first team a little bit and stuff like that. Is there any like difference between obviously like it's a huge honor to be called to your national team? Is there uh, any difference between like the U seventeen, the U nineteen, and the U twenty setup? Are you with like um, the same type of people or different coaches, same coaches? Like how is how does that all work for you? Um, for each age group, there's different coaches, but the uh, the setup is pretty much the same. They all try and like play similar styles of football, and. I think you see some of the same players from each age group like go up with you. Obviously, players come in and out of the the pool and stuff like that. But for the most part, a lot of the guys that were on that U seventeen team, like you see them either playing like MLS or playing overseas or something like that, and then they're still in and out of the national team pool. So, hmm. yeah. Have you always played with Orlando City when you were growing up, or was there like a club team or? some type of recreation that you played for before then? Mm -hmm. And were you played, like, those standout players or was it just like one of those things where the progression just, you know, it wasn't there at the start, but like, you know, you just kept on progressing, kept on working hard. Yeah, so I started playing when I was five at Titusville Soccer Club, just like recreational soccer. And I, I wouldn't say I was anything special. Like I was just there having fun. My dad didn't want me to play American football. So he just put me in soccer and I, yeah, I wasn't anything special. I was just like, running and kicking like any other kid would and from i started to develop a little bit like seven eight and then i started playing comp soccer for titusville club titusville when i was like nine and i played there for like a year and a half and i went to like an orlando city soccer camp and i played well there and they wanted to wanted me to come over and just like train a little bit so i went over when i was like 10 11 and like I played well when I went over there and trained. And so my dad was like, we should move over here. And the rest is history. So you were 
how far is like i'm not really like i mean i've been to mm -hmm. florida once but uh okay are you from how, how i'm not really familiar with like the titusville and like the orlando area like mm -hmm. how far of a transition was that uh it's like about an hour like mm -hmm. 50 minutes somewhere in there yeah so like everything moved like you changed schools you no no i we drive oh we drive over there every day yeah it was crazy how was that like I, an I hour know, every day i know yeah. like florida traffic is like or florida driving is like a little crazy was that mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was like a an hour every day yeah and everybody be like you're crazy for commuting and stuff mm -hmm. like you should just move over there but no we did it from literally when i was like 10 11 till like 17 so mm. yeah, yeah I, I respect that's like dedication a lot of people like when you're trying to like chase your dreams almost everybody will call you crazy for whatever you try mm. to do so i mean that's i mean look at you now like that's that's good that you kept persisting yeah and like now like you could technically say like you're well i mean not technically you could literally say like you're playing in a league where you know messy plays what, <laughs> what, what, yeah. what are your what are your thoughts on that like the whole transfer no. there's a lot of speculation what? in terms of uh the whole there's a lot of controversy from what i've seen in terms of like it obviously it's like a good it's a good thing for the MLS and just like you know soccer here in America but I've also seen a lot of controversy I'll, I'll touch upon that if you're not really too sure about that but like what are your what are your initial thoughts when I first when I first brought that up no when I first saw Messi was coming I didn't even believe it I thought it was just like a rumor like how they say with players going to other clubs and stuff like that but when he came I didn't believe it honestly yeah. but no I think it, it, it's great for the league like all the viewership we're getting now and stuff like that and yeah yeah i'm i'm liking it honestly so the controversy is like i feel like it's coming from a lot of i feel like people make controversy just because they want to be controversial but like from yeah. what i'm seeing from like an outside perspective saying people are saying like you know a lot of people a lot of uh i want to say like something about referees but like a lot of people like like he's very well like protected in the league mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and it kind of makes sense like from a financial standpoint you know let's say like he gets like a let's say he gets like two yellow cards there's like an incident where one time he was you know he brought home and it was supposed to be a yellow and then you know player like barely taps on the leg and he gets like a complete foul and or he gets like a complete foul for him and there's another incident where like he could have like easily gotten two yellows if it were like a different mm -hmm. ref but the thing is like you know he's messy and i, I could see it from that perspective like you know if you if you get messy like a second yellow you get sent off like the next game let's say they play uh, I don't know, Orlando, or let's say they play any other MLS team, you know, New York Rebel, whoever it may be, like, you know, the revenue, like, for that game just, like, completely goes down, like, the viewership goes down. So mm -hmm. I could kind of see why you guys protected, but do you, have you, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, not really. I think people are – maybe some. there's a little truth behind it, but, no, I don't have too much to say on the topic, yeah. Speaking of, uh, what's it called, MLS, we actually have, like, a – a pregame interview you did last year. I don't know if you've seen it. Okay. I think Declan's going to bring it up right now, but you know, I think it was, I think it was, I forgot what it was before the Rowdies. I think he's, he's about to play. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember this interview. Yeah. I'm looking at you hold on, before you, before you play, I'm looking at you now. You just look so much more different. Like, yeah. Yeah. The hair is different. That's the, crazy. The shoulders are shrugged. Like now you're like, you got your head out. You got like a, a smile on you. Like, yeah. But yeah, just just play it different. Midweek game on Wednesday, but then you also have the game on Sunday. How important is it for you guys just to kind of have that that depth, uh, just in terms of 
having guys that can then play and, and not really lose a step on yeah, the field. I think it's very important. Um, I think we have good depth, so I think we're going to be all right this Wednesday and on Sunday. Considering they're one of the best teams in USL, uh, made the championship last year, you know, obviously, like you said, you played them in preseason. Um, how important is it to kind of look at this game and say, you know, this isn't a team that we, we want to take lightly just because they're a, a minor league team? Yeah, I think it's very important. I think we got to step out with uh, confidence, but not too overconfident, if you feel. And um, just go out uh, knowing that we're the MLS team, so we need to dominate the game, I think. We've seen uh, over the last couple of days since your MLS debut, we've seen some of your family members posted a photo of yeah. you at uh, of you in Orlando City game. Which game was that, and uh, how how have they felt after you got your debut? Uh, I actually don't remember which game it was, but I do remember uh, him taking that picture after the game. I'm not sure which game it was, but it was crazy to see that photo. No, I remember that interview though. That's funny. Do you remember like you remember it or do you remember like seeing it online? No, I remember the interview because it was like I only did like three interviews last season, so I remember all of them pretty well. Yeah. How how would you say that like that Thomas, that version of Thomas compares to like this Thomas that I'm speaking to right now? Honestly, that was only like a year ago, but it's crazy to see how much has changed in the year. I think I'm like more confident with speaking now and things like that and just my confidence overall as a player i feel like has grown so yeah it's it's crazy to see the difference in a year though would you say like if let's say like they gave thomas an interview like that when he was what like 16 would would you say it was like would he act more like how you were last year or more like how you were or like way different than how you were last year i think it would be about the same uh i think I I was 17 then, so yeah, I, I don't think there would be too much of a difference between 16 and 17. I think it would be about the same. Oh, wait, you were 17? Yeah, in that in that interview, I was 17. Oh, okay. And that yeah, makes, I thought you were 18. That makes sense. Okay, that no. makes sense. Uh, in terms of like ups and downs, like I said, like I know you're still like young and it's like very early on in your career. How, how would you like, have there been any like major ups and downs that you could like recognize or? you could like kind of point out to and like you know just talk me through that yeah i think there's definitely been ups and downs um last season you know i felt like it was going up like i played in the open cup game um i got my mls debut and things like that and then i got my first mls start versus montreal and it was a game we lost 3-1 i think and like i played i played okay considering i was like 17 year old center back but there's always room for improvement. And I think after that, it I took a little hit to my confidence, I think, and I went like a little bit down. And after that, I kind of just tried to just stay level-headed. Like the coaches were saying, you know, you're 17, like don't let yourself go too far down. And it started trending back upwards towards the end of the year. Like I think I got called into a national team camp and I was able to play well there. And you know, I just tried to keep going up after I had gone down for a little bit. What was the result of you going down? Was was it uh, the result, like the 3-1, or was it any other factors going on in your life? I, I think it was that, and I just felt like I wasn't playing as well just in general. And after that, yeah, just after that game, I felt like I wasn't playing as well in general. And 
yeah, I, I just went down for a little bit, maybe like a, a month and a half or two or something like that. But like I said, I just tried to keep working. And after that, that, that camp happened and I was able to play well there, like I said. So I just tried to go back up again. Do you ever feel like you have like imposter syndrome? Can you explain that a so, little bit? So pretty much means like, like I have it some, sometimes too. Like if I'm like in a room of, let's say like, so I, I go from like, uh, like training camp to training camp sometimes when I when I box, and like I feel like there's a reason why I'm like, you know, I'm I'm called in by other coaches to spar their guys, but then sometimes like I feel like I'm, you know, I I don't know I, I don't know if it's like because I'm too hard on myself or it's because like I feel like I'm just. I just feel like I don't belong there, even though when I do, but it's more so like you're you're a little hard on yourself. So like, are there yeah. any, like you feel like a little down and then you feel like, you know, what am I doing here? Like, why am I here? Like, is that any, any time that ever crosses your mind? That, yeah, that, that happens all the time. I think, I think I'm a little bit too hard on myself. Like sometimes mm -hmm. I'll have a, a bad training or something like that. And I'll get down like, dang, am I even good enough to play MLS? And mm -hmm. I'll just like all these negative thoughts will like enter my head. So I think I just need to get better at, at, at staying positive and just remembering like they signed me for a reason. They think I'm good enough to be here. So like I need to just kind of own it. And just because I have one bad training or a bad game or something like that doesn't make me less of a player or something like that. I think that's that's a good thing. I feel like a lot of people have that. I think it's a good thing because it also, also shows that like, you know, you're not being complacent in terms of like, you know, let's say you have a bad training session. It's not like you just like you know wipe it off. You're like a, or whatever. Like um, you know, it's just it's just, you know, it's just like it's kind of like you, the fact that you care so much about it and like you analyze like every little bit. Like say like oh like you know I wasn't when I like made a touch on on this play like I didn't release the ball quick enough, or you know I didn't open my body to this person like as well as I should have. I didn't close him down. Like I feel like the fact that you're you're thinking like that, I think that's a good thing because like it shows like you care. It shows like shows you're very analytical and shows that you're, you know, you, it just, it means a lot to like improve every day. So that's good. That's good for you. I want to say, I want to say like, what would you say would be like your long-term goal? So we have like this thing where we talk mm -hmm. to, where we're going to start talking to people, we're reaching out to professional athletes, not just, you know, people who play soccer. That's like our main audience at the moment, but we want to branch out to other athletes, other professions. Mm -hmm. And the main thing we want to talk about is, people who are around like this age age range and we want to talk about like what goals they have in terms of like five ten years down the line i know it's like very hard. like i don't know if you're the type of person is like take things like day by day or if you're the type of person to like set out goals for yourself and then you know work every day to try and like get closer to that goal but like in terms of you know five years down the line what would you say is like on your mind like where do you see yourself when you're you're 19 right where would you see yourself like at 24 or where would you like to see yourself mm -hmm. Or what, what, uh, would see, what would you like to see that you've accomplished? At 24, hopefully I'll be playing European football somewhere, playing in like a top league over there. Um, obviously, if not, I just want to be a consistent starter here in MLS. Um, I think also I just want to have a successful career, I think. Because you see where a lot of people sign for three, four years, and after that it just doesn't really work out for them. So I think I want to just do everything possible to make sure I have a successful and hopefully long career, whether it's playing MLS or Europe or even USL championship, whatever it may be, just something that's sustainable and I can have a long career playing. So pretty much like, you know, playing 
like uh playing football for a living that's mm-hmm. that's like your main goal because i yeah. i know i know that's is there any other things like in terms of like ventures like outside of football that you're interested in apart from like the you know the the psychology that you're studying i know in terms of i know a lot of people don't know this actually but like around like 50 60 percent of you know professional athletes not just football but like other sports like they get paid like not you know the pay is like not as good like some people like the passion for the sport and like the the drive to like want to be called like a professional footballer is so deep to the point where some people will you know take like 200 bucks a month and then like mm-hmm. you know they they get like living from like the uh from the team and like that's how they live so like in terms of is there anything outside like outside of football that you're focused on as well uh mainly just school trying to finish my degree there but other than that i'd say i'm I'm just zoned in and focused on trying to have a successful career. But no, other than the the school and football, I I don't have too much else I'm I'm dealing with. Your ambitions to play like European football. What would you? Is that? Or is there anything in particular that comes to mind? Like in in Europe, like any place in mind that you'd like to like, uh, be around, or just like any European setup. I know the I know the visa setup is like very difficult. Like mm-hmm. you need a you need like a certain amount of points, correct? In terms of like being uh, able to like I'm, stay there for for a while, I'm not really sure. I haven't uh, looked into it too much. I'm kind of just like focused on on playing here first. But uh, no, I think maybe in the Premier League, uh, even La Liga, or even League One. Like I think there's they're all very competitive leagues. Um, mm-hmm. I think just at the end of the day, playing in a top league in Europe where you're you're getting the opportunity to play Champions League football. I think that'll help you to have a successful career. And then you'll be looked at for like your national team and hopefully get the chance to play in like a World Cup or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's the end goal to hopefully play over in Europe. What would you say that's the the five year time? What would you say is like your your 10 year time? So that'd be what, 29? Would be, yeah. would be almost similar or is there anything else in mind yeah i think it would be pretty similar i also like for a center back the like the age where you're in your prime they say is is later so mm. a lot of you see a lot of center backs playing well honestly now you see young center backs like saliva from arsenal playing at 21 but uh for the most part the average age for like center backs in their prime is like 26 27 so um yeah, I'm, I have the same goal from 10 years, just to have a successful career and um, hopefully be in Europe. Have you always played center back your whole career? My my whole professional career, yeah, but <laughs> which has only been like a year and a half. But um, when I was younger, I used to play left wing. And then when I came over to like Orlando City, I started playing left back. And when I was like 13, I'd say that's when I started playing just center back from there. In terms of uh, the the five to ten year plan or like the vision that you have, is there like anything outside of football that you're you're interested in like getting into in terms of like I don't know like financially, business wise, like I think financially, um, my dad is like huge into stocks and he's trying to he's been trying to get me on it, but I just haven't had the time. So I think. Like as I get older, that's something I want to look into so I can be having like a second income generator. Mm-hmm. But no, that that's something I definitely want to look into. 
Perfect. Well, I mean, I just want to wrap it off. That's actually that actually brings me to like a good point. I was actually looking to because I have this book that I've been reading. It's called I don't know if you read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, but it's it. I've like, heard of it. I've heard of if, it. Yeah. If you ever like, what's it called? It's like a book on financial freedom. It teaches you way more than just like your stocks. It teaches you about ways to make money in terms of uh not even ways to make money more so in terms of like how money works and i think like in terms of like you know when you play football you need to learn like the game before you start playing it like you can start playing it but like when you make a mistake you'll know exactly what mistake you made instead of like making the mistake and then like like you know overshadowing it because you don't you don't know how the game works you know i'm sure like now now that you play and like you you see like a like i said like one of those like mistakes where it's like you know you should have passed it to his left foot instead of his right foot because he was at an angle where like there's a defender here like on his side you should have passed his right foot instead of his left foot like those little things like you don't really pick that up if you don't understand the game at that especially at that pro level so i believe you know this book is like it's kind of that but like for for money for like financial okay. wise so you know what? I'm, I'm gonna send you that book i'm gonna, I'm gonna all right you. yeah i'll check I'm, it out i'll check I'm it tell, out i'm gonna sure. tell declan uh i'll sort it out with declan later but i got you but right. i mean i just want to say like that's just like a gift to you for you know being our first podcast guest and just want to say thank you for coming on and yeah best of luck for the future oh no i appreciate it yeah it was it was good talking with you yeah. yeah if you have any guests in mind that you know of that fit the criteria to be on this podcast or if you're a pro athlete yourself and you want to give yourself a platform to share your story go to the first link in the description there you will find a google form to fill out if you do we will get back to you as soon as possible to get you on this podcast because you deserve it to everyone else thank you so much for watching we will be doing a 1000 sub giveaway so be sure to stay tuned for more.